Hello and welcome to Georgie Stripping the Dipping and you're joined by your normal co-host AMG Dens around the roads like Michelin, black men just see me whipping in and listen, when I go to Germany and I hit the track they call me Michael Schublacher, yeah? And I'm young and I haven't aged like Fernando and I know when to pit for Inter so I'm not moving like Lando and guys, I got that five-star extravaganza for your clerk, yeah? I pulled up in a black tough Porsche. I showed the haters no remorse. And this is that quick stop F1 sauce. Are you crazy? Are you wow. mad? I'm so gassed right now. Wow. Everybody, please give a warm welcome to my brother and one half of the quick stop F1 platform, Nyasha. Bro, how are you feeling today? Wow. That is crazy. <laughs> Man, that, is hard to. that is incredible bro oh I had to. that is mad thank you so much dens oh my god it's so it's so mad being on the other end of an introduction <laughs> <laughs> i know right it's no, like bro's right. reverse today yeah so it's nice no thank you so much for that introduction thank you both for having me on man this is really cool really exciting i can't wait to chop it up with you guys Absolutely, I agree with you. And listen, I'm overjoyed to hear that as well, bro, because it means so much to have you on the show with us today. And not just to me, but to all of us, Quick Stop F1 is not just a podcast. It's a community for all things and everything F1 with a plethora of content that's absolutely tantalizingly exquisite. So wow. without further ado, um, yeah, sure, let's get into this. So how was Quick Stop F1 first founded? And what yeah. makes the platform so different and original to other shows? Oof. Um, so I'd, I'd wanted to do uh, an F1 podcast. Uh, I think I'd got it into my head around 2020, I think, lockdown. Uh, and I remember, I, I've always been into F1. I've watched F1 since I, since I was six. And, um, you know, the, the older I got, the more... I kind of watched it a lot before I went to uni and then I went to uni and I followed it, but you know, cause I was at uni, I just kind of, it kind of went by the wayside a little bit. And then once I started, uh, once I came back from uni, I really, it became a big part of my routine and I just started loving it again and really getting into it. But around 2019 is when I really started getting into the technical aspects of it and, and, uh, and, and listening to content about it. And um, I didn't even know, f1 podcast existed and i remember i was just i was on i was going on a long journey on a coach and i was like i'd listen to all my football podcasts i listened to all my other podcasts and i was like hang about are there any f1 podcasts and i literally searched f1 podcasts in uh in like apple podcasts uh like search frame and then yeah I ended up listening to a couple i was like wow i'd love to do something like this sat on it for a bit and then like yeah long story short one day i messaged tandy because we used to talk on twitter she used to like interact with my f1 tweets and i was like i just said to her i was like do you want to just start an f1 podcast and you know we'll just make it like a a bite-sized kind of podcast that we do after every race and um i think it'll be really cool because I can't see any black people doing podcasts in F1 and I guess it would be cool for us to do it. So she was on it. And then, uh, and then, yeah, we started it. We started it uh, March, 2021. And um, it's just become a lot more than I'd ever really envisaged. And I guess the reason why we're, we're different, I just think we're, 
we're so unapologetically who we are. You know, we're unapologetically, I'm unapologetically me, Tani's unapologetically her. And, you know, people can see our faces, they can see we're black, we, they can see we're genuine. And we just want to make it as fun as possible. I think, you know, there's so much incredible technical analysis of F1 and there's so much incredible um, content which is very polished and, and very um, very high high level. And I guess we've just come in and said, look, we're going to put some gunshots and air horns in there and we're going to make funny little fan cams and we're just going to make it as fun as possible. And I think we're probably the funnest F1 podcast out there. And, you know, I'm really proud of that. And I guess that's what... That's probably the USP of us, that we're two visible black people doing a really fun F1 podcast. I think you nailed it there, bro, with this, the description of the show and just how unique and quality the content is. And, and listen, for all the listeners tuning in right now, yeah, I need you. I'm on my knees, boss. <laughs> I'm on my knees. What you guys need to do is go onto YouTube. Type in Quick Stop F1, press the subscribe button, and thank me and Georgie and everybody later because you're you will be so satisfied. You're doing yourself a dis disservice, like a dissatisfaction, if you don't go and tune into their content because it's this amazing. And to highlight on some of the points you mentioned there as well, Nyasha, like some really great points there because the show has great conversations. The conversations are very engaging and insightful. There's yeah. a plethora of guests that you have access to, and that ranges from engineers to journalists, people that have real on the on the track experience of the sport and their knowledge. Yeah. And what I really love as well is just like mention how organic it is to have like two black hosts, you know, and it's a proper sustainable alternative. It's not like these sidemen on Sky Sports here, yeah? them <laughs> flipping dirty pundits like Paul Resta and them sidemen there. I can't stand them. And also, whilst on the topic of it as well, big shout out to Tandy. Big yeah, shout. She's sure. the boss. She is the boss. I'm telling you, honestly. The thing She's I love really about cool. her, she, honestly, she just like, I just love how she says it. She says it as it is. She literally says what's in all of our minds at home. And I can't lie, bro. When I first jumped onto the, the, the platform, when it was the other way around, Man had like a Digger D like moment, like you know. I don't know if you know about that meme where Digger D gets to meet Nicki Minaj in real <laughs> life, and that was like me meeting like Tandy for the first time. I was absolutely that is hilarious. No, you know what? Yeah, like um, it's 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 cool because the way it works. You know, I'll be really honest, and Tandy knows this as well. Like, I had approached uh, other people to do it with me first. And for one reason or another, you know, that fell through. And, you know, fate is fate. And, you know what I mean? And Tandy suggests, and it's just like the perfect, the perfect combination. I think, you know, everyone kind of knows that I am probably the, you know, I'm the one on the socials and I, you know, I've said it, the fan cams and stuff like that. But Tandy's a real star of, of the show. And, and um, without her, you know, the quick stop is just such a different, kind of product and and you know especially with her being a, a black woman in a sport where visible black women are are so f far you know far and few between few and far between sorry um i think it's just incredible that you know she is such a shining example of 
you know, when you do allow black women a voice uh, and a platform, you know, to see what they can do with it. And look, you're not the only one. I could tell you now <laughs> you are, who uh, who is, is very enamored by Tandy. She's she's an incredible, incredible partner in this. And I know I, I honestly couldn't uh, I couldn't fathom doing it with anyone else for real. Um, she's yeah, she's she's a star. She's she's a star for sure. And I think in the future, you know, for her, you know, the, the world's her oyster in terms of, you know, whether she wanted to go into media, journalism, PR, like whatever, whatever she wants to do with emote sport, I think the world's her oyster, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. I absolutely agree with you on that one, bro. And it kind of, it kind of brings me on to the next question, because to set the scene, you know, Quick Stop F1 is not no small thing yet. This this <laughs> thing, I'm telling people, it's the future. Whether you like it, you love it, or you want to lump it, that's facts. And on here, we only talk facts. So that's I what agree. it is. And what I want to really find out, bro, is just like, how do you deal maybe with some of the adversity that comes with the success? Because we know that when, I wouldn't even say you guys are on the come up. You guys have been on the come up. You guys have been on the grind. You guys have already seen the fruits of the labor. But of course, you will get a small minority, some trolls, some, course, some, you yeah, know, some yeah. idiots out there that, you know, don't appreciate the greatness. And essentially, they want to stink up the vibes. How do you deal with, with that kind of like backlash sometimes from, from those small group of people? And what advice would you have to other content creators in terms of the mental health aspect and balancing, you know, a happy kind of like, you know, personal life with also yeah. content creation? It's tough. You know, I like I said, I'm quite lucky, I guess, in that I have been making content for like six years now. Uh, so before I was doing Formula 1 content, obviously I was doing the food content, um, which is why my uh, Twitter handle is Munch Club TV. And so with that, I've kind of gone through the process of finding my voice, um, dealing with something not being as successful as I thought. Like if you put out a video and you don't get as many views and you know the effort you put in and and then also like negative moments, negative comments. And, you know, I've got a lot of experience with that. So I think if I'd come into Quick Stop F1 as my only, as my first content creation and it got as big as it had got and I had to read the stuff that we, you know, we have to read, I think it would have been really hard. I guess the way that I, the way that I deal with it, honestly, like I out of sight and out of mind. So, you know, uh, as soon as a tweet starts to do numbers, I mute it. Uh, and I you know because I, I just know it's going to, you know, a lot of the time it will attract some form of negativity. Um, but also you have to remember as well, when people take time out of their day to, uh, to say negative things to you, that is, that is a compliment in itself because mm-hmm. I think for me, I'm lucky that it, it kind of comes to me, it comes through the platform and it's really like about me as a person. It's, you know, it's really about how I look, my you know, my sexuality or my sex or whatever, like my gender, all of those things. So I'm quite lucky now what I see is, is quite content based. And, you know, in that sense, you know, if you're making fun of my content, you're, you're interacting with it, you're helping my content. I don't care. I think, you know, I, and I'm also quite self-assured so I think that really helps I think you know I for those people who you know who make content all I would say is you know when you love doing something 
you kind of you know you learn to deal with the ups and downs of it and and you have to just focus on the the people that are positive with you you know the people that care about you the people that like your content those are the people who deserve your time the people who you know who are negative about you you know the block buttons there the mute buttons there get them out concentrate on the people who who you do who do support you and you know that will create a better ratio of 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 love to hate but it's, it's impossible to ignore you know and everyone has to deal with it i guess in their own way which sucks you know we should just be able to make content without people saying mean things to you but i guess uh, that's the world we live in unfortunately yeah it's true and bro i absolutely agree with you man like there's always gonna be like you know the people that rock with you and and go strong with the campaign and and even if it's criticism the criticism they will give you will be in a very positive way or constructive way but then of course as well you do get trolls you do get people that just make a living out of other people like they 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 thrive off of other people's like success and they want to bandwagon and glory hunt the thing but they're insignificant so to me i see them people as just minors and like you mentioned as well obviously we're all human at the end of the day we all do have like feelings and when you're creating content in the way that you do or i do or georgina does as well there's almost a part of yourself that you're putting out there that could be exposed and you might start to feel vulnerable but like you you correctly pointed out as well you just have to believe in your own source do your own thing remember the sort of people that you're making the content for rather than you know those uh minorities and yeah. of course, as well, you know, use the tools to your advantage because there's a block button, there's a mute button. And I find myself as well, bro, using those buttons liberally these days. Yeah. If I see an MVO fan in my camp, they're gone. <laughs> Listen, I don't yeah. make no jokes to them. For sure. You just like, you know, I, I, I also I'm a little bit older as well. So with that comes life experience. And, you know, if, if I was doing this and I was 18, you know, I guess the products would be a lot different, but also like my reactions to things would be a lot different. I probably wouldn't be as, as calm headed. I, you know, I probably, I probably wouldn't be able to take things as well as I do. And, you know, um, it, yeah, it's all just life experience, but for sure, you know, you've got to, you got to, that mute button on, on big tweets is a godsend because if I was just to read every comment that comes through after every viral tweet that we get, uh it would be it wouldn't be great so uh yeah use the tools available and uh you'll be okay trust me bro it's toxic bro you know that sweet i i know georgina probably can't relate because she's not from the uk bro you know that toxic waste street uh sweet yeah, toxic yeah. Way. Bro, yeah, that, that the, the sour me. one yeah yeah, yeah, yeah the sour yeah, thing bro. Yeah, oh my days bro yeah. like that's how certain <laughs> people move man but that's that's what it is you know and any if you look at any successful person jay-z you know, if you look at people in the fashion industry, if you look at politicians, if you look at sports people, Lewis Hamilton's a prime example of just how, you know, sometimes you get a lot of, like, bull from people and it's just about how you can move from it, how you can bounce from it and sometimes how you can take yeah. the, the negative and spin it into positive. So I'm really glad we touched on that. And what I'll do now, I'm going to segue smoothly into the most recent race weekend. So, bam, okay. we've gone back down under <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna allow the australian accent but we yeah, went back yeah, to australia yeah. went back to you know melbourne albert park hadn't been there for a couple of years obviously because of the pandemic and um wow it was really interesting because obviously they resurfaced the entire circuit they've revised one or two corners as well and removed the chicane to make it a much more flowing high speed circuit to um you know promote overtaking but maybe what took away from that was uh, some very interesting 
uh, event notes made by the race director. So to give our listeners at home, every weekend before uh, a race weekend starts, the race directors will convene a meeting and they might talk about, you know, some hot topics that maybe they feel is important or things like very track specific to a circuit. Maybe let's say Sochi in Russia, where the first corner, if you go off the circuit, you have to basically go all the way to the left and follow the yellow bullard before you return on the circuit. And it's standard stuff like that, what we've seen, that's to do with the racing. But these guys now, mm, mm, I'm, I'm smelling a bit <laughs> of um, institutionalized racism in the ting, fam, because they're moving mad. And when I say they're moving mad, to put it long story short and to talk about the elephant in the room, the man just banned jewelry during the race and it's just mad to me that you got like flipping mad max wearing his wembley market one carat gold boots out here them gola boots them fake crepes <laughs> but lewis on the other hand now is being prohibited from wearing his nose piercings which is just mad to me because the guy's been wearing his nose piercings in the sport for almost nearly two decades so why on green's earth did these people just wake up Bro, I wanted to know if they're smoking on that mic crack pack. And they just said, you know what? <laughs> yeah, I know how we're going to annoy, you know, the, the ethnic minority, um, you know, like um, following. Let's just ban jewelry because we know that Lewis always wears it. Bro, what's your thoughts on this whole thing, man? Um, uh, how do I put this? It's really, we, we, actually, we didn't talk about this on the pod. And uh, obviously, it's obviously something that came up, but um the fia uh, you know I, i've really just kind of lost all faith in the fia as a forward-thinking organization uh or liberty media for for, for that part but i think liberty are probably a bit more forward-thinking the fia are just such uh you know we had these issues with massey in terms of consistency around stewarding and obviously what happened in Abu Dhabi and obviously he's gone and it feels like the new race directors are trying to kind of you know like in football when a referee starts giving fouls for niggly fouls and they're trying to I guess stamp their authority on the game and I feel as if this is the new race directors essentially just trying to clamp down on and every and every rule and clamp down on every kind of infringement no matter how major or minor it is and you know uh, at the end of the day there's just so many more pressing matters that could be monitored and you know I think there was one about underwear as well that they've mentioned and you know it's just you know for them to do it during it's in the middle of the season as well so there's not even been any incidents it, it definitely does feel a bit targeted towards Lewis. I guess, you know, the, the sad thing about it is that I almost feel quite numb to it now in terms of how Lewis gets treated by by the FIA and, or has been treated recently by the FIA. And I, I quite liked his response. He's like, you know, I'm not taking them off. Some of these shits are welded into me. You know, this is not just that this is part of who I am. And, um, you know... I, you know, I can't envisage a situation where Lewis, you know, God forbid, but, you know, if, if Lewis is, if, if a fire is getting through Lewis's helmet and overalls, 
I think we've got much bigger issues than whatever jewelry is wearing, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just again, it's just another farcical decision by the FIA. But you know, these are these are people trying to stamp their authority. I think they're going about it in the wrong way, and um, I think the ridicule about it and and the criticism is completely justified. I agree with you on that as well, bro. And you've summed it up perfectly because these stewards are just moving mad. Like, there's more pressing issues like you mentioned as well. I think the most recent one we could even just reference was the Jeddah situation where you had essentially a car overtake another car like underneath or under the safety car by the safety car line. And their man refused to get involved. But it's Lewis Hamilton they want to get onto for nose piercings. They can't be serious at all. And I agree with you. And I echo those sentiments as well, bro, when you're saying that it's almost as if now we we become numb to what to expect from these guys because it's one disaster class after another, after another, after another. And it can't be any coincidence. Believe me, that it's always Lewis that's on, that's on the receiving end yeah. of these decisions or the way that they target him. You know, and I think it gives like a, a, a vehicle for a lot of closet racists to come out and use that as like a character of Lewis's to go against, which again brings us back to the FIA and the way they treat drivers and the way they handle social issues as well. And well, another thing I saw on the internet, bro, I wanted to get your thought on it, is just, if they start this president, where are they going to stop, bro? Because so cool them saying jewelry, but what, what are they going to say next? You can't have long hair. What are they going to say? You're, you're, too, you're too dark to drive. What are they going to say? You, you need to be a certain height or a certain weight to drive a Formula One car. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's just, uh, I, I guess, you know, where does it stop? And also, you know, at what point does this sport just start to appreciate what they have in Lewis? Because trust me when he's gone they're going to feel it and mm. they this complete over uh reliance on lewis's stardom lewis's charisma lewis's identity brand to promote their sport across the world for them to then on the other cheek consistently maneuver in ways to essentially make him smaller and 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 to disrespect him it's just yeah you know if he ever wanted an example of institutional racism that was probably it and um lewis will be better off once he leaves this sport let's be very honest you know um one because you know the brand that Lewis will build once he leaves is going to be off the charts, and um, you know uh, it's going to dwarf whatever F one will become without him. And um, I think they'll regret how they treated him whilst he was here. Bro, you phrased it so perfectly, and like it's so true, but sad because. It yeah. shouldn't have to come to all of that. Like, you know, everybody's different. Everybody's unique in their own like and mind. And it's a shame. It's really embarrassing to me that even in the 21st century, even after all of the previous things that Lewis highlighted in 2020, when we were going through this like Black Lives Matter campaign and we were identifying some of the issues that, you know, black people, regular black people like me and you, and also people of like color in higher positions experience on a day-to-day -day basis, how they're still moving but you know bro i, I want to move to a much lighter note because um me and georgie have a new sponsor and our sponsor nice. is 
Max Verstappen packs, yeah, <laughs> it's that Max Verstappen pack, and um, you know, I've I, I got a new flavor, it's called yeah. um, the Galactical Dutch pack, and I've got nice. a little song, I've got a little advert, and it goes something wow. like this. I was smoking on a Max Verstappen pack, Max Verstappen pack, engine blew up on the side of the track, on the side of the track, Michael Messi ain't got his back, these engines ain't Will Smith, they don't slap, smoking on that Max Verstappen pack, and it was absolutely sensational, wow. bro. Just... Can I just give you a round of applause for that? Hey, 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 thank you, bro. Thank, thank you. you, thank you, thank you. My man got melody and tunes for 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 everyone. My man's got the for days. Ah, uh, man, I got that in the locker for the streets, man. But bro, <laughs> um, so a question that's come through from Georgie was, bro, did Tommy really bang Juju on MVO? Because my guys had a Jeez, <laughs> rebel powertrains in the mud and all that going out all sad. Um, the question that Georgie's put forward is, um, you know, like, do you think Red Bull were ever iron that out? And what have you made of Perez's uh, impressive start to the season so far? Uh, I hope they don't iron it out to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but do I think they iron it out? Yeah, I mean, look, it's just not sustainable for them to have, um, Two uh, two engines blow like two engine issues in three races. That's just not a sustainable uh, rate for any team. I think that's probably worse than when it was at its worst with Renault. So you you would hope they're able to fix it. I think the two issues have been two separate issues as well, which doesn't help because it's like how much stuff on this engine could go wrong at any one moment in time. Um, So yeah, I mean, look. We'll see. There's, you know, there is the argument. You know, would you rather fix a reliable slow engine or a fast unreliable engine? You know, I guess you know we'll see at the end of the year which one kind of prevails. But I, I, you know, at the end of the day, the Red Bull. As much as we want to make fun of them, you know, there are they're a team who, um, who are capable of of turning it around. But this is the first time that this is going to be have to be done in house. You know, before they could always just blame someone else, and now they've got no one else to blame. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they deal with it. I hope they deal with it awfully, and uh, <laughs> we'll see. But you know, it uh, it would be incredible if you know they had like a fifty percent hit rate on 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 their engines. You know, I, you know, Honda kind of left them in that bad shape, but well, we'll bro, see. Kwame from Pitstop Frackers was saying that Honda left the the, the manual for the uh, Red Bull engineers in Japanese oh, and them things there. That so, so that's maybe why they can't understand how I to run this engine. I nearly spat my tea out listening to that. Oh my <laughs> god, that was so funny. Oh man, that tweet banged. That tweet was a banger for days. Yeah, man. I love man. that one. And shout out to the Quick Stuff Frackers yeah. guys as well. Yeah, man. Shout out to They're great. Obviously. But also as well, man. What have you made about Bad B Perez? Per- Perez coming Perez, to the yeah. Perez. You know, um, I've really changed my mind on Sergio Perez. I, I, you know, I, I, I really thought that he was probably no more than a than a really good midfield runner. I didn't really believe that he had the the capabilities to run at the top, but he's really just got got better and better and better the more he's in constant in that team. I like that he 
I think midway through last season, he just said, you know what, I'm going with my own setup choices and I'm going to run the car how I want to. And that's really led to some really good results. Um, his wheel-to-wheel racing is probably top five on the grid, I would say. Um, and yeah, he, he is a great number two driver. I mean, I'd be, if he keeps it up like this, you know, it's looking tight for Gasly, to be honest. I don't really see a way back into that team with Perez performing the way that he is. Um, and um, yeah, no, I think he's, do- he's doing really right. He's doing, he's working at the level that he should be, which is when Max is in there, pick up the pieces, qualify close to or ahead of Max and, you know, in the race, be up there to to be able to, to fight for race wins. Very unlucky in Jeddah, uh, probably maybe missed out on a race win there or at least being in with a chance of winning the race so yeah we we will see but uh no i've got nothing but positive words to say for Perez. he's he's really um he's really uh proved me wrong some of the comments that we made about him were definitely definitely been proven wrong i'm happy to eat that humble pie and this is the thing as well, Yasha, like, and that's like for all of the real content creators out there as well. Like, we can only go based on the form that we see at a time. And obviously as well, if people aren't performing, then that's all you can judge them on. And we even had the same with Valtteri Bottas, you know, where like fans are quite divided because we all knew that he had the potential. We all knew that he had cracking one lap pace in qualifying sessions. But then sometimes it really failed to translate into the race. And yeah. that's what we had to go off on. And with Perez, it's like you mentioned and you correctly pointed out as well that he's definitely stepped up his game. He's improved his qualifying, so it puts him in a more competitive position for the races. And then the races have always been his strong suit because he's quite good at tire management. You know, he's got that kind of thing in his locker as well, where he can drive wheel to wheel races with, with other drivers. And of course, we've seen some really lovely battles with him and Lewis in the last couple yeah. of months as well. So yeah, I'm I'm here for it. And as much I don't really rate the dark side. I don't really rate them racist guys there at Red Bull, really and truly. You know, for me, like Perez is probably one of the shining lights of the team, and he kind of restores some respectability in in my eyes, at least. And I can only speak for myself when it comes to Red Bull. So definitely. And that also kind of brings us on to the next uh, kind of segment, bro. Um, race review of the Australian Grand Prix. What did you make of this revised layout, and do you think it improved the racing? Um, I mean, it was bad to begin with. So, I mean, yes, it improved it. Do I think it's a great racetrack for these cars? No. Um, I've never been a fan of Albert Park, to be honest. But, you know, um, we need a race on that continent, you know, and it's definitely the best track i think we've got available and it's definitely a great event you know everyone talks about how it's a great fan event especially you know the access that i think all fans have to the drivers is great and i think that's something more circuits need to kind of take a look at so yeah you know yes i think it did improve it but do i think that you know at the end of the day I'm happy that Bahrain is the opening track of the season now. I think it's a better start to the season than going to Melbourne. Um, but I don't. I still, yeah, it's, it's still not a a track that is favourable for high amounts of overtaking. 
I agree. And that's always, the, it's like, we had this conversation as well, bro, the other day when we were talking yeah. about Jeddah and like how track, like almost street circuits have evolved because Alba Park is probably one of the more older ones that we still yeah. go to along with Monaco. And sometimes it's hard to get the planning permission or just physically to do much with the circuit. And then obviously you've got newer ones that are being rushed like what we had in Jeddah. And that had its issues as well with safety and other concerns as well to do with the design. So always going to have that. But like you said as well, I think it's great that maybe we reshuffled the calendar a bit so it's not actually the first season opener. And again, I think just from a neutral perspective, it was nice seeing the Australian fans. I know Ari and a lot of the guys as well would have been super excited, you know, to go there. And what I'm quite jealous of as well, bro, is um Ted Kravitz was basically explaining how in Albert Park or on the Albert Park circuit, the fans are allowed to basically um, stay like on the, how would you say, like backstage basically in the, um, what's the word, kind of the, the paddock essentially. And it doesn't matter if you've got like the cheapest ticket or if you've got the most expensive ticket, everybody has a right to do that. And it just makes me wish that more circuits would encourage that as well, because as we all know, Formula One's a really expensive sport. And it's nice to have that accessibility to the drivers, the teams, and the personalities as well, man. Yeah, no, exactly. And you know that's the way forward. We need to, we need to, we need to make F one more accessible for fans to go to the races, and we need to make it more accessible for fans to watch it at home. You know, this when this current TV deal with Sky expires, which I think is not even for you know for a long time now. There needs to be a better free-to-air option in the UK because, you know, um, having it all behind a paywall and then also not allowing people to have access to F1 TV the same way other people do around the world, it's just, you know, it's not conducive to getting younger fans into sport, especially when your social media is increasing. We need to make it easier for people to watch the sport. Otherwise, you know, you know people are going to stream it and that's fine. But surely, you know, if you can get people little small it's about getting kids like me who sat down in front of in front of uh, a tv bbc watching it with murray walker commentating and being like wow this stuff is incredible like if if i hadn't had that i wouldn't have got into formula one until a much later age and um accessibility across the board from top to bottom getting into the sport to work in the sport to go to the sport to watch the sport it all needs to increase and uh, i guess yeah albert park is, is a good example of that because it's, it's reasonably reasonably priced and a lot of access for for fans as well so um you can't knock it on that front which is why i don't like being too harsh on it mm-hmm. absolutely and bro you are oh, man you just gave me a huge flashback man them them murray walker days and yeah. oh man the murray <laughs> like murray and his murray murrayisms so you'd be like yes and that's Michael Schumacher. And then you look yeah. on the screen, it's Rubens Barrichello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all them things there, man. No, that was yeah, a classic man. vintage day. And um, God bless his soul, man. Murray yeah, Walker no, RIP for real, man. Honestly, one of the goated goats, man, for real. But that kind of brings us on then to like the Ferrari camp because they, they seem to be on a resurgence right now. So yeah, what have you made, bro, about the science struggle at the moment? Because people are still kind of, they've got their chips still invested in him, I see. But... Hasn't really had the start to this season that he, he would like. And bro, what's your take on him so far? And do you think if he can't get like back on into the main seat and give Leclerc more of a fight or get closer to Leclerc, that ultimately he might end up just being a second driver? Yeah, it's looking that way, you know. Um, 
Carlos is a great driver. I think he showed that with his, his adaptability last year. Um, but he needs a race win in the next three races or so. Otherwise, it's tight for him. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, and that's just the way things go, you know. Um, his car is the most complete package. And we all know what Ferrari are like. The moment that they can just start to focus on one guy, they will do it. So Ooh. he he's got a, he's got to he's got to turn it around. I think he can turn it around. And look, we've all been in. We've watched seasons where we thought one person was going to run away with it. And you know, last season, you know, the twists and turns. I think Lewis won what three out of the first four races. Uh, and then we had that whole European stretch where, you know, Max won up to Silverstone and obviously Silverstone happened. And uh, yeah, then we had, you know, Belgium and Spa, so Belgium and Zandvoort. So we, we don't know. Things could twist and turn. And, you know, it's, it's still too early in the season to say definitively. So, you know, I think he's got the talent to win a race. And I think obviously getting that first one is is going to be a big over the hurdle kind of exercise for him, but needs to happen soon. Otherwise, uh, yeah, man, it's you know it's just the way things go. Ferrari will pull all their resources into uh, into uh, into Leclerc, and um, yeah, and then I you know after that, there's not really much he'll be able to do. Yeah, bro, that was a really good and very balanced, um, you know, perspective there as well, man. I think people on both sides can kind of see that, you know, that <laughs> yes, you know, like it's not been a, the greatest start. It's been probably underwhelming even by his standards, but at the same time as well, like you rightfully pointed out, Formula One's a game of momentum and sometimes it can swing very erratically. And when it swings, you know, you just need, you just need that one race to go your way. And then you can go on a run. But for science as well, it's not just even the battle with Leclerc that you need to focus on. But Red Bull are probably going to try and fix the reliability issues, of course. And then on top of that, in our Mercedes camp, we're hoping that the W13 can become a beast and, you know, really put their man on, on the pressure as well. So, it's yeah, sure. you know, whilst, you know, the, the, the soup's still hot, I think science needs to try and capitalise and make the most of it too. Because, you know, it only makes exactly. sense. He doesn't know but, how long he's... You know, we don't... I always say you don't know how many shots at winning the title you're going to get. Um, you know, this Ferrari car could be great this season. We could go into next season and they do a few regulation changes like they did with Mercedes last year. And, you know, that car, and then, it, you know, they don't develop the car, whatever. Like, you know, it's not guaranteed Ferrari are going to be the, the best team now for this generation of cars. So, you know, you have to make hay while the sun's shining. And, um, you know, for Carlos, especially, you know, he, he definitely needs, he needs to just, you know, chuck last weekend, like Australia away, put that in the bin, move on, show why he got put in that car, show why they wanted to give him a new contract and, uh, and take it from there. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you, man. And then kind of um another question that, um, Georgie's kindly caveated on the back of this on the topic of Ferrari is um what have you made of Leclerc's like job so far and how he's progressed this season and 
George has also asked, um, do you think that Leclerc has what it takes to do a better job than Vettel when uh, Vettel <laughs> was back at Ferrari? And I think, bro, it's almost as if she, she knows you super well, bro, because I know that you got some previous with uh, Mr. Uh, SV5 himself. So, I yeah. <laughs> I, just think, I just think he's... I just think every excuse in the, under the sun is made for Sebastian Vettel. And as a Lewis Hamilton fan, I find it incredible the amount of leeway that Splash and Vettel gets for the performances that he's put in, um, which would never be afforded to Lewis, which aren't being afforded to Lewis now. So um, Charles Leclerc has already shown he could do better than Sebastian Vettel, you know, over two seasons. And, and that's, and that's what that is. I definitely think that we, Charles looks to have removed the um, mistakes, uh, unforced errors that he seemed to have. In his game, uh, his racing seems to be, you know, very on point, very tight. His, you know, one lap pace over qualifying seems to be great. In practice, he seems to be just, you know, super consistent. We're watching someone mature into a world, well, he was already world-class, but into a superstar driver in front of our eyes. I've always said that, you know, um, a lot of people kept trying to stick, you know, illegal engine tax on there. And and look, if if the, if the elite, you know, Vettel had that same illegal engine and did nothing with it. And <laughs> this guy in his first season with Ferrari came in and, you know, nearly won his second race if it wasn't for an engine failure and... I think you put it, and people say, you know, you put it on pole seven times, only won three times. But, you know, there's a lot of people who had have a fast car and don't have that one lap pace to put it on the front row, you know, um, looking for Stappen this season. So I just think um, Charles Leclerc is the future of this sport. Um, between him, I think George, and I think Max. I think those three possibly put Lando in there as well. Mm-hmm. I think those four drivers are going to be, yeah, the future of the sport. Lando must be ruining signing that five-year contract. <laughs> that, is a, that is a death row contract. Um, Suge Knighting from yeah, bro, Zach Brown just absolutely Suge Knighted him, and uh, we'll see. But hopefully, you know, McLaren are back towards the front now, so that's good. But. You know, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But, you know, for sure, Charles Leclerc is definitely on the way to becoming um, a superstar within the sport. And he's got everything to achieve that, you know, so um, more power to him. That's so true. And, bro, I echo your sentiments on that one as well, man, because we have to bear in mind with Leclerc as well that he suffered a lot of trauma in his early, you know, racing career. He's grown up and he's lost his father at a really young age and had to live with that. And he didn't have his dad, you know, there by his side, although he had his dad during his go-karting days. He didn't have his dad during his F3 and F2 career. And obviously, he was very close friends. I think he was... um, Jules Bianchi was his godfather. And obviously, he watched Jules get taken away in a really sad accident in 2014 as well. He's gone through so many emotions. And I think at times, yes, he he can be a bit erratic, which we've seen in the past. But like you said, he's ironing out the creases. He's making less mistakes. And I just love that he's got this like wise 
head on him. And uh, basically, he's not taking none of Max Verstappen's bullcrap this season. None of it. Racing incident thing and that. Because basically, this the way he had Max Verstappen in his back pocket, you know, in, in Bahrain. And it probably would have been the same thing as well in, in Jeddah, had it not been for uh, Not Teller Boy and Albono going crazy as well. You know? And then yeah. even this this race as well, like um, the Ferrari was quick, no doubt, but at times the Red Bull looked like it was going to be the better car, especially in terms of race pace. And yet Leclerc just seemed unfazed. He just seemed, you know, like when you're trying to catch a Pokemon and then you dash the Pokeball and then <laughs> it says, this move was not effective. That's basically Leclerc fam. He's yeah. like, what? Yeah, you, you man try that and that, man. My man's not having that. I'm just going to chill and enjoy it. And like you, you rightly pointed out as well in relation to science, you know, like the team will definitely galvanize around Leclerc more if science doesn't pick up the pieces and try and kind of like do something because Charles is a superstar. You see that yeah. like ability and that nature and that cheekiness and this, he's got that kind of like a swagger and fashion sense to him as well. He can be a bit tapped in the head, which we all know, but yeah, you know, everybody has <laughs> like an element of craziness. So yeah, man, like I'm really rooting for him. And as long as he keeps MVO under pressure, then I love to see it. So I definitely agree with the points that you mentioned there, man. And um, no uh, yeah, and okay, so um, Georgie's putting a fan question. I, I don't know if it's aimed at me, but um, <laughs> yeah, sure. feel feel free to kind of chime in on this one as well. Um, she's basically said we often hear from teams about the one stop strategy and the two stop strategy. What are these strategies talking about, and what determines the best strategy? So okay, so basically, in Formula One, the teams have lots of simulations and algorithms and computers and really nerdy guys that probably went to Cambridge and Oxford and and them places there, high society eating. And what they do is they take and collate the data. And what helps you win a Formula One race is getting to the finishing line as quick as you can. That's a Will Buxton basic knowledge kind of response. But obviously, Pirelli have a role in this and Pirelli have like a really tough double balancing act in terms of not making a boring race where the tires are like super hard and therefore like you can just predictably do a one stop and everybody can comfortably get to the end of the race. Because, of course, that's boring. And, of course, you know, the cynical F1 fans would hate that and not give the tire whisperers like Lewis Hamilton the credit for that, of course. So, therefore, on the flip side of it, Pirelli also have a balancing act of making the tires degrade to an extent. So, you can't basically do the entire race on a one-stop. And at times, it might actually be quicker to throw in a set of old boots, strap on a set of soft tires, and then bang in 20 quali laps and like basically beat you up that way. So at least what we've seen with the trend of the Pirelli tires so far this season is it, it appears to be that the one-stop is the way forward because the time you lose paying for a set of soft tires and coming back out again isn't worth it because the soft tires don't last that long. And with Pirelli, they basically have five shots at it because there's five compounds, C1, C2, C3, C4, and C5, like a formula. And essentially every weekend, they'll pick three of those bad boys and they'll pick those based on the tire that will give you the most grip for qualifying, a nice kind of like race tire that, you know, has a medium life. And then like a nice, this solid compound, like a hard tire, you could just basically run that the entire race. But it's not the quickest tire. So that is my kind of synopsis of it. But Yashi, did you want to add anything on that as well? 
wow, no, you've actually brought that down like a young Ted Kravitz. That's lovely. Yo, um, they call me they call me Ted Blackett's fam. That's what I'm <laughs> on. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, you know, and look, yeah, strategies. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. And I guess w- what you learn is that really and truly, most of the time, if possible, teams will want to do a one-stop strategy. And it's most of the time, a two-stop is like the alternative strategy. Um, because obviously, the more time that you're spending in the pits, the less time you're out on, on the road doing time. And, you know, you have to make up time and you have to pass people on the track. And sometimes it's not easy to pass people on the track. So, yeah, but, you know, it, strategy is one of those things that, pardon me, sorry. The more F1 races you watch, you do just, it just starts to become second nature, to be honest. Um, there's nothing like, that's a lot of things in F1. Like I'm not an engineer or know anything about aeronautical engineering but like i the concept of downforce and what a rear wing does and what front wing does and like well, now what the side pods do and, and all of that stuff like it, it all kind of just seeps into you the more you watch it so you know don't be afraid to ask questions uh and learn but also yeah you, the more you watch the more you'll just kind of learn uh on your own on your own anyway to be honest Organ- trust me and also organic plug as well because i'm going to continue showing it throughout this entire episode if you want to get the latest in f1 tech knowledge make sure you slap that subscribe button you slap that follow button not like will smith though with consent yeah. obviously and that you obviously sign up to quick stop f1 as well because what are you yeah. doing with your life go and yeah. subscribe yeah. <laughs> for sure no we're actually going to try and um of course, alongside your excellent uh, hot lap guide, uh, we're oh, looking to try and we're looking to try and get like a regular uh, tech uh, section on there. Maybe just looking at uh, some like, tech issues that a certain team are having, or looking at uh, you know any updates and stuff like that. So um, yeah, for sure. Also, there is if you follow uh, is it Bryson Sullivan Natural Paradigm, um, they have a, they host a tech discord uh where there's loads of information about you know people just talking about the tech side of f1 and they uh that's a wealth of information and you can always ask questions in there as well in a setting where people are really happy to answer those questions so yeah just thought i'd uh, plug that as well because it's a great resource absolutely you know and shout out to bryson as well he's a fountain of knowledge and as i always say wisdom is knowledge and knowledge is power and literally this with that this with that team of amazing people there's no stupid questions it's only stupid if you're a troll that likes to troll people but you know we don't talk about them man there but you know when it comes to questions and just learning stuff them guys are just brilliant and you know it's a huge credit to them that we have them as part of the community that we have and ultimately as well we're teaching each other which is great as well I think as well, like, that's the great thing about uh, the community of F1 that we have is that it, it really is a little village, you know, and we all uplift each other and we all share, you know, each other's content and we all, um, you know, inform each other and entertain each other and, and you know, uplift each other. And, it's, it, you know, it's a great thing to be a part of. So, you know, you know if you're new to the sport and if you're new to, to the community, just follow as many people. If you see someone doing something good or making a funny tweet, just follow them and then you'll see something that they retweet and you'll see that and you'll grow to interact and and and, and make friends and, 
and gain knowledge you know it, it it has enhanced my f1 watching experience considerably just the incredible community that we kind of have on f1 on twitter i mean look compared to instagram i think uh based on what we were talking about earlier tani just messaged me saying she's had to delete uh comments calling us the n-word um about the uh, just from the clips that we posted today and it can kind of show you the difference uh in communities like twitter is a really positive community instagram i've just gone through the comments and it's uh not so positive so you know definitely value uh the the twitter kind of space because it's um it really is unique and it's it's great it's a great great place to be absolutely you know and um we're gonna circle around back to that bro but let me throw in my my favorite segments of the show as well and this is where i get hypothetical with the guests so hear me on yasha hear hear this so quick stop f1 you and tandy just secured a bag i'm talking about that russ braun that stefano dominicali bag that fat you know middle eastern bag bro billions in the bank yeah okay and uh you know you can basically have quick stop f1 race team Oh wow. So, okay. so you guys have your own Formula One, unprecedented, a black owned Formula One team. Love to see it. You know, and I'm speaking it into existence one day. But one day. you and Thandy are the owners of the team, obviously. My question to you is um, if there are free companies that you could get to work or collaborate with as sponsors for your um fantasy F1 team, which free companies would you pick to sponsor? And Ooh, wow. you have to pick a team principal, but the team principal has to be a celebrity. Which celebrity would you choose and why? Wow. Um, I think I'd love to uh I'd love to work with Apple. Mm-hmm. Um I'd love to work with um uh maybe like Yeezy apparel. For the race suits and the merch, um, so it's an like Apple Yeezy, and um, I would love to work with, uh, oh, God, let's go with Rock Nation for the entertainment side of things as well. Um, okay. Uh, my team's going broke very quickly, I guess. But no, <laughs> and, man, it's growing exponentially. Yeah, and uh, uh, and, uh, and if I was going to have a celebrity, I guess I've already mentioned Rock Nation, so I'd have Jay Z as the uh, as a team principal um, because he seems to know how to run a tight ship, tight business. Any business he runs seems to do well. Any team he has seems to do well. So I'm going to go Jay Z as the uh, team principal. Man, that is a that is a solid team, boy, and I would love to see it because you know <laughs> you've got Apple, which are the tech giants, and we, as yeah. we all know, Formula One's about technology. Oh man, the Yeezy merchandise, Jay, yeah. cold, oh, right? Mate, it would be flames, and you know, like <laughs> even if it was like expensive, bro, it'd still be at. Well, this is another inside joke I have with some other people. In comparison to like the Aston Martin merch, bro, I don't know if you've seen that one thousand pound jacket on the Aston Martin I've site. Seen it the is... one thousand pound jacket, bro. Oh, it's bro, so it's mad. It, it's, it's crazy, bro. But you know, 
it's <laughs> they price it like that because someone's gonna pay it. So maybe we're the mugs. Um, <laughs> to be honest, but no, that jacket is. I, yeah, I, I don't think it's worth a grand. But there you go. That's that's someone's fashion, I guess. <laughs> nah, it's true. But the Yeezy match, oof, that would be oh, off that, the chain. And then awesome. you touched on Jay Z as well, being like a team principal. And man, like you know, you see those memes on the internet on Twitter, bro, where you see like people saying, "Oh, if you had to choose between like you know, like I don't know, eating your favorite thing for the rest of your life or having a business meeting with Jay Z, where he could give you insightful, you know, like <laughs> business investment advice, yeah. and everyone goes and picks Jay Z." You know what? Man, yeah. I'm not gonna lie to you, yeah. There was a time, but the thing is, yeah, the the number keeps getting higher and higher and higher and higher, right? And I'm just gonna say, like, at the time of questioning, it was at twenty thousand, right? So it was like, would you take twenty thousand dollars or dinner with Jay Z? And I said, I would take dinner with Jay Z, but not because I want like business tips, but just because I literally love Jay Z so yeah. much. Like, I, he is my favorite rapper. He's my favorite, like, celebrity, whatever. I would just do it because I would want to meet Jay-Z. And I think that I would be able to make $20,000 at some point in my life. So for me, like, that experience is like a, a priceless experience. So uh, that's, you know, for all the everyone listening, now everyone knows an absolute Jay-Z stan. Um, hey. but, uh, but yeah, uh, I think it would be a cool team principal man you're good bro bro that's gonna be a successful team if they <laughs> thought mercedes were dominant with lewis oh nah, i've not seen anything yet not seen tell anything me yet. about it tell me about that it black man. And yellow going... merch. come on <laughs> crispy <laughs> <laughs> oh man love to see it bro and okay that brings me on to another question then so this is more to do with quick stop f1 is this, the content aspect of it yeah what nyasha what is your favorite episode Favorite moment and favorite fan cam. You got to give me a, a, an example for okay. each three of those. Um, favorite episode. Wow, obviously the one with you, Dens. Um, oh, you don't have to say that because of him. Favorite episode. I'm trying to think of episode. You know what? Yeah, like I can chart our growth, and I can definitely say that there was a period. That I, I, I don't really have like a favorite you know what actually i would say genuinely like the my favorite episode probably the saudi arabia episode last year with tommy purely because it was probably the happiest i've ever been on the pod and we were just so like just like you know that race was just immense so much we got through all of the max verstappen shenanigans and mm -hmm. we were just like so pumped because like he's done it he's done he's won three in a row and it's just like it was just honestly it was like uh and it was just such a funny episode and i just it just felt at that point i remember us saying like god it's gonna be so cool when we win next week and and uh, it was it, probably the peak of happiness I've had in F1. And it's obviously, you know, it just got ruined after that. So, oh, but, but I definitely, yeah, I definitely remember that episode and just thinking it was just, I've never been happier on the podcast than at that point. Um, my favorite moment, I'm not going to lie to you, Silverstone, me and Tandy did the Ooh. podcast 
really drunk. Like I'd been drinking <laughs> all day separately. We didn't text each other or anything, but I turned up really drunk. Tandy turned up really drunk. And you know what? It was the first time. I think it was the first time that we really like, I wouldn't say the first time, but it felt like the first time we really were just like, we were just so outlandish in everything we said. And then we'd had little moments of it, but we were just both of us so just like the way we took the piss out of Red Bull was just like <laughs> I think it just set the tone for like and we realized, oh, this is what people like. And and oh, we can say things that are quite outlandish and we can kind of push the button a little bit and push the boat. And I just, yeah, that you know, I think my favorite moment, I think, is Tan, I think me and Tandy was saying uh when they go low uh we go lower <laughs> and, uh, I, think, uh, I think i just remember thinking that was hilarious i must special shout out when we got trayvon on the pod as well i think that was like a really cool really cool moment and that's really cool because he came around for dinner after that and uh that was like you know it's not often you have a you have an oscar winner come around for dinner so that was pretty cool hey, in the big uh, leagues listen yeah, that was pretty sick i can't lie um and uh, my favorite fan cam i think it's got to be the you know what yeah my favorite is probably the maya angelou still still we rise one after lewis won 100 because it's like probably the most beautiful thing i've ever made man um, is powerful yeah i think that is just like i'm really proud of it like it took me i was ill i think i just had covid so i had covid when lewis won so i wanted to make it and it come out straight away but it didn't come out for like a week and i think that probably stopped it from going like supersonic but i mean it did really well but yeah no it was just like i remember making it and being a bit ill and just like putting it together and then just like yeah i got a bit like emotional watching it you don't really when you make something you're obviously editing it for hours so you don't really like get that emotional but sure. i got emotional and, and people's reactions to it is really emotional um but special shout out also to the lewis's back fan cam where i think i clipped talking about uh how it was like lion king uh oh mate that one and, uh, is legendary i really love that one i think that's it's probably like if i was to have like kids i think like the the maya angelou one is the like that's like the doctor the lawyer and the lion king scar one is probably like my little like creative actor or something <laughs> like they're just so different but they're both like I just I'm really happy with how they both came out and uh I love making them man it's like a level of creativity that honestly it's like it, it, it nothing makes me happier than making them and I've made food content for years and it always felt like something was missing and like now I'm making fun content it just like it just feels so right and so comfortable and everyone really enjoys them and uh, well everyone on Twitter anyway <laughs> I don't know about Insta but everyone really enjoys them and uh it's a really nice our, our fans are just not fans our listeners are just so like supportive of everything we do and it's just such a you know you you know this as well it's just such a lovely thing to have people all over the world you know support something that you do it's it's humbling as as fuck and i'm just so i'm just so like grateful and humble for everyone who kind of takes in these videos and shares them and and asks for them because honestly like their reactions are are the best thing about about doing that 
it's so true bro and it's, it's such an enlightening experience and man yeah. just like it's amazing even for those haters them bro like the content's hard but the haters they're not hard they need to get they need to take blue pills just to get hard so get we, hard. Don't, we don't even talk about them man there because yeah, they're just so not hard but <laughs> listen like you know like i'm so glad that you gave us those responses man because it gives the listeners also like perspective as to what to go and look out for on the channel and on the twitter page and just like those gems yeah. alone would sell you on this subscribing and being yeah i need to make well. a, i need to make a uh, I'm going to make a separate media page and just uh, where I'm going to put all of the videos that we've ever done. Um, so it's just all in one place. And obviously, yeah, the YouTube's there. And yeah, man, like, it's a really, like, every week someone's like, oh, I've just listened to this podcast for the first time. Where's this podcast been? And it's just, it's a really cool feeling to, I know what it was like not, having something like this to listen to and look it's not just us you've got you know pit stop fracker as well you've got the on the chicane girls you've got yourself making content you know there's um there's a growing number of black and people of color content creators who are unashamedly making content and they're not hiding their personality they're not hiding their their identities and their and you know there is a vulnerability in doing that and you know um to to uh, i think for people looking for content go out there and, and you know support those guys because you know putting ourselves out there in in a majority white sport um is not easy at times and um it's the support of people you know like yourselves that that makes it all worthwhile for sure facts straight facts bro and i'm so happy that you've said it and you know mate there's so many things as well you touched on there as well which is so applicable and it's not even just in formula one in life you know the yeah. obstacles that you have to face and the, you know the doors that people slam in your face and the criticism that you receive and through oh not to be cringy still we rise you know and we're still gonna rise that to the end because you know we're not done we're not finished we're gonna continue to march on and it's just gonna get bigger it's gonna get better and it's gonna be absolutely extravagant so i'm Amen. all here for it you know bro i've been one of the the campaigners just yeah, on look, board with the team. Then, you've been there from day dot um supporting your hot lap segments on and the uh uh on the build-up show is the most popular segment on the show and, and it's just it's incredible to see the work you put in on that i'm very grateful for it i'm so excited for your journey in this thing um you know we're gonna be working a lot together in the future anyway so um so yeah it's uh and i think that's a great thing about this whole community right you know we've we've made friends out of this and um uh i'm really excited for all of our futures man like uh, when you think about f1 as a sport you know socially you know this is a, 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 a you know a sport which didn't really embrace social media until 20 18 19 so we're all at the beginning point of what is possible look at football social media and look the content and the the stuff that's come out of it we're at the beginning of it and we're growing our platforms with a growing sport so it's really exciting for everyone involved absolutely man and you know like bro it doesn't even feel like we're like we're bro to me it just feels like we're a huge family you tandy obviously georgie as well like you guys have become a For part sure. of my life now and it's just one of them ones where it's great that we have this community and that's gonna kind of bring me on to the next question which we also kind of touched on earlier in this episode like 
what advice would you give to the young kids or even you know like the old boomers out there because they they got a word or two to say <laughs> hey uncle 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 Nyasha, I, know, uncle, right? uncle allegations. <laughs> I was trying my best to avoid it bro but yeah no, yeah. Give me that. <laughs> but you know like what advice would you have to them making content in the f1 space are there any tips on like how they should execute yeah, it of course how know, do they stay motivated and inspired to do it just be yourself don't you know don't look at someone else's content and try and copy that just make the type of content that you want to make that you can make and just enjoy the process and you know never let someone tell you that you can't do something you know when people tell you they can't do something that you can't do something that's them projecting their fears onto you like don't let people do that because because they're scared they're trying to make you scared and that's fine like but you know if you want to make f1 content go and make f1 content you can start with your phone you know you can edit on your phone you can upload it done you know you don't have to do youtube do short form tiktok content you know do short form reels uh if you want to write write about f1 like you know not everyone has to be a youtuber not everyone has to make visual content so just follow your passion because you know i started following mine when i was 31 uh how old am i now yeah wait no 32 god i'm old so <laughs> um, uh so you know uh and it's you know it's the best decision i ever made i wish i'd done it earlier but you know everything happens for a reason and you know and um so i would just say just go out there and do it make the content you want to make and just do it as consistently as you can you know consistency is key you know if you can do it as consistently as possible you'll get better at it you'll feel yourself improving you'll feel yourself becoming more creative you'll grow that fan base and also yeah interact with people that enjoy your stuff say thank you to people who share your stuff say you know you know talk to your to your listeners talk to your fans to your followers um because they're the people that you know uh will at the end of the day uplift you into wherever you want to take this and you know there's nothing worse than content creators who ignore the people who essentially support them so um that ramble is is my advice hopefully there's something something good in there for you nuggets of information there bro don't don't downplay yourself man there's <laughs> nuggets golden nuggets of opportunity like you know of information there and you know um, what's great and why i rate georgie so highly too is that we've had so many guests on the show and they're from this array of different backgrounds you had f1 black which is into like writing and doing posts and he's done some sensational work with the 44 then you've got like guys like me which you know i've done a bit of sim racing and then through sim racing i've been able to do podcasting with you and georgie and then through podcasting i met a real life racing driver and then got to take part in a kayak championship so yeah. that opened a whole new thing for me we even had obviously as well dan mode i think 10 or, or, or mode uh, yeah. 12 or 11 from the red Bull, like a former rebel engineer and even then like yeah. he didn't go to oxford or he didn't even go to cambridge this this was like a really like passionate guy that you know took an opportunity that came to him you know for formula one and he absolutely smashed out of the park and again it goes to show you that you don't have to fit the generic mode 
to achieve what you want. If you really want something and you really want it that badly, nothing can stop you and nothing's impossible. And that is really what, for me, amongst many other things, is really embodied by Quick Stop F1 and the work that you power as well. So, Nyasha, I really just want to salute you, salute Tandy. And yeah. I also just want to just ask you guys as well, is there anything that you guys have coming out um, well, in the future that you guys are looking forward to, I also know that you dropped a, a podcast episode today. Do you want yeah. to enlighten our listeners as to what that was about and what we can look forward to? Yeah, sure. Obviously, yeah, the pod just come out today. That's the Australia GP review. So mm-hmm. check that out. That was with uh, who was that? With? That was with Anita. Uh, Anita Abo, Aboyomi, I believe. Who, she does who, the Chelsea FC stuff, doesn't she? Yeah, so she's like a football Bro. football content creator, and she she's like she does great like writing. She does uh, she has a all uh, all women uh, podcast about football, and she does content with Chelsea. Like she's uh, you know you see her on Sky Sports News, and that's the thing you look at football. Jeez. Sky Sports News get football content creators on, you know, and we're seeing it now with any given Monday. I think Tomo's on there every now and then. I think they've got some other people on there as well. So, you know, the mainstream slash, uh, I think football's a lot further ahead with it, but you can see Sky Sports doing it and, um, yeah, it's uh, it's good to see. But anyway, yeah, that was, that, was, uh, that was the latest episode. Coming up. God, like we've got so much coming up, you know. We're um, uh, merch is coming back. We're gonna have a Patreon, which will have an extra, uh, uh, extra episode every uh, before every race. Um, we're gonna have a website and hopefully more writing as well. Um, so yeah, just loads of um loads of stuff we're just kind of just kind of continuing to try and grow but you know the most important thing is just trying to get the word out there as much as possible like you know this is this is what we do we can i saw today like missed apex like they i think they on like they do like thirty thousand listens uh every every post race which is like yeah that's that's where we want to get to numbers um, man but it's achievable numbers. exactly it shows you it's achievable right and um that's where we want to get to and i think um uh that's the you know it's it's cool to see an independent platform do what they do they're a big inspiration for me and um uh and they're great guys as well obviously you know we know brad uh who's obviously you know you, you guys have you know really got a great relationship there and uh, and spanners but uh yeah so that's it really like just we're just uh we're we're just like a, a fun f1 podcast that just want to make F1 as lighthearted as possible. And um, hopefully some people like that. And, uh, and yeah, we take it as far as we can. Well, listen, bro, they have to like it because if they don't like it, if they can't, if they can't taste the spices, their man must have COVID in that because <laughs> trust me, this thing got spices and, and flavors for days. And listen, there's something in there for everyone. You know, you talked about the writing, you talked about the podcast, you talked about, you know, so many different aspects of content and it's, it's such a, a huge plethora and 
I think what's impressive is that when you're doing so many things and it's so multifaceted, it's very easy for the message or the content to become diluted. But in this case, it's the complete opposite, man. It's actually gelled everything together. It's super organic from the seed. And it's what people like me aspire, you know, to, to be like one day. And thank God that, you know, thank God, I'm on my knees again, because <laughs> you know, because you guys really, you know, made made like a way. You guys have been a trendsetter in in this kind of field. And to me, like Quick Stop F1 is much more of a of an amazing, you know, sustainable alternative compared to the likes of Sky F1. If you're watching Sky F1, you know, you have to check Quick Stop F1 is a must is a must so please Nyasha, please uh, tell us where they can find you where they can find tandy and also just the the ads and the handles for quick stop f1 too sure so you can find me at uh obviously munch club tv that's the personal uh but obviously quick stop f1 that's where you can find us on and everywhere you know uh instagram twitter um youtube uh tandy is tandy tweets uh with multiple s's i would say just go to the quick stop page and then click a link because i can't be bothered to spell it out <laughs> and then on instagram it's tan thn 3ds go check her out um and yeah man like just yeah come and say hi we're, we're really friendly we, we love chatting to people we love like you know meeting listeners and stuff so yeah man just come and come check us out and come say hello Amen to that, man. And honestly, Nyasha, um, bro, we we got to get you on again. We got to get the boss lady on yeah. here as well. It'd be yeah. cool for like maybe Georgie and Tandy to do like um an episode maybe together as well. And oh man, I'm so excited for the journey. I'm really wishing you all well. You know that I'm Thank just. You. Yeah, text message away, man. And obviously, Georgie as well. Super intrigued and fascinated by you guys as well. I think we picked up a lot of that too, man. Georgie, I think one day we got to do an episode drunk together. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, giving us a lot of inspiration in that way too, man. But yeah, sure, honestly. Thank you so much, bro, for pulling it up, pulling up, for chopping it up with me. And uh, oh, man, no this episode is going to be out. Banger. I can't wait to release this one to the streets. Can't wait to hear it, man. Thank you so much, Den. Look, keep smashing it. Georgie as well. Thank you so much for having me on your platform. Um, and thank you to all you listeners as well. Uh, stay safe. Take care of yourselves. And uh, yeah, thank you very much, guys. You heard what the man said. And that's also me signing off as well. AMG Dens. Hope you will have a blessed and awesome week. Also, um, to those, uh, you know, fasting at the moment for Ramadan, you know, please, you know, keep up the great work that you're doing. And, you know, you have my support. And also those that are celebrating Easter this weekend as well. Hope you have a nice and safe Easter holiday coming up. Well-deserved. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a bit of a gap until the next race. But um, in the meantime, the content will continue coming. Uh, make sure you go and check out Quick Stop F1, please. And until <laughs> next time, I'll catch you guys soon. Peace.